good chat. All right, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Seaside Storytime, a podcast where we dive deep into the stories of people living on the Cape, the magic that keeps us here, and the dynamic nature of the tides and the towns. Mm. I'm your host, Eden Allegretti, and today I am talking with the iconic Ellen Anthony, who has been a puppeteer, actress, writer, musician, filmmaker and many other things and is also just altogether a multi-dimensional creative who has deep roots in the outer cape hey ellen how are you oh it's so good to be here eden it's so good to be talking to you i'm really stoked ellen and i go to the uu together for folks Mm -hmm. listening in and sing together there yes in the choir on sundays we do need more people so hello (laughs) (laughs) please come join us but um i met you i think in april maybe when i first moved here is that do you think that's right yeah yeah What I will say is I was immediately so taken by your presence and the energy in which you embody yourself and the room around you. And you always made me feel so comfortable and welcomed. So Mm. thank you for doing that. And thank you for being here today and bringing that same energy in. I'm really excited. Well, what a wonderful reflection. Ooh, yes. And just for folks listening in, it is also early Monday morning. So give us grace as we go through these next 30 minutes. Yes. I would love to start if you could just introduce yourself for the folks listening in. Who are you? What do you do? Hmm. I think your introduction was better than anything I could say. I've been, I've, I was here before I was here. I mm. was here in my mom's womb because my grandparents had a place here since 1923. Wow. And I've come every summer of my life and eventually I was working 50 weeks a year to <coughs> come here for two yeah. and thought like that's the wrong equation. Right, right. So and was here Provincetown, Truro? Well, let's be uh, respectful and say that here is the Wampanoag land. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, they're hunting and fishing and growing lands for 10,000 or more years. Right. So. So here is that here, and here is where my grandparents bought property in 1923. Um, And I came midlife uh, when I really understood that I didn't want the second half of my life to be like the first, which was very productive and pressured and making TV documentaries. And I wanted to recenter my direction to be more inner prompted Mm. and I didn't even know what that was I just knew I was way off center yeah so it was a flying leap and it was a privileged flying leap because I had a safety net in you know yeah coming to my parents they had retired here by then Um, but it has been such a smart mmm totally growthful time and uh, just feel so grateful. Yeah. When did you make that leap and what made you want to fully jump in? It was 1984 and I was producing a show every week on a commercial TV station. I was public affairs director and I had a dream that I was in the middle of my life and I woke up from the dream and the dream asked me was did I want the second half to be like the first half and I was very clear that I did not Mm. I asked for a leave of absence didn't get it I called my parents said could I 
visit for a while, and uh, I came here, and that was that was that. I mean, as soon as I disengaged myself from the mm, kind of well, certainly rat race, but also expectations for myself that I would be led by a stack of achievements. Oh yeah. Um, I just knew that was a dead end, dead, yeah. dead, dead, gone, done. So it took me a very long time to, you know, really make a new foundation. Yeah. And I have the Wellfleet Library to thank for a long 10 years of healing and, uh, you know, so many things that I didn't know I was signing up for came across my door. Yeah. Like one of them was fundamentally repairing my relationship with my parents because mm. I really escaped the whole aura of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I, I did that work. It was, I'm so grateful that I did that work. Yeah. Um, and when did you transition to living here? Oh, sorry. That's no. the very, don't apologize. The very, the very data question. 1984, I was 37. Right. And, uh, I have recently passed the second half of my life because that would be 70, uh, let's see, uh, 37, 37, 74, mm. and I'm 76, so I'm in the bonus Ooh, round. Congratulations. I'm, I'm like, you know, free. Yeah. And you talk about building a new foundation mm. out here mm. from the first half of your life into the second. What was that new foundation built on for mm. you? Well, I, I come from uh, art and spirit. Mm. My, both my parents were actors, and then my dad was a director, and my mom, very spiritual person, so yeah. art and spirit. And I, the part I understood about a new foundation was that I needed to find, like, my own spiritual foundation. So right. I went exploring. I went to, uh, I had been raised Christian Science. I went for a retreat at a Quaker retreat, which I'd also been practicing wow. since college. When I was in Minnesota, I had been sitting Zazen, sitting uh, in a Buddhist Zen center. Mm. Um, and then during my time here, I found Siddha Yoga, which is a, um, a very deep meditation and chanting practice. And so I went to India for over a year to work there. Wow. And I, since you know me, I've been at the UU, right. uh, which is my deep roots here. Mm -hmm. And it's very much an anchor in my life. And so that's that's the foundation you know yeah. in the course of that in the course of kind of really finding my own self-esteem in a new way right i then circled back to the art part of the art and spirit mm. and let myself actually go deeply into one art you know because mm. i'd been like sort of scooting off into many directions right and so since uh, 2018, I've been deeply into visual art. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And I do think you point out something that is such a um, 
integral idea of this sense of spirit and art being this almost circular pattern. And I want to shout something out because, Ellen, you are going to be at the Outsider Art Fair in New York, February 29th to March 3rd. So folks listening, and if you have a chance to go, it looks like this incredible event. Do you want to just say a few sentences on what that is like or what that is? Well, it's a perfect segue to the last bit because having delved deeply into one art Mm -hmm. with the support of Castle Hill, this fabulous art organization in Truro, and then through Castle Hill I found the Yellow Chair Salon, which was started, it started to be a Zoom format in COVID, and it's this mentoring program of people who, uh, our cohort seems to be late, late starters, late bloomers. Yeah. And so meeting weekly with people who are willing to take a good, strong look at what you're making and be, you know, kind but critical and right. challenging but supportive. And it's a very good community. Um, it, it has uh, opened up doors. And one of the doors it has opened up for me is that three of us from that group are going to be at the Outsider Art Fair in New York. That's amazing. At the Metropolitan Pavilion on 18th Street. Yes. Um, (laughs) February 29, leap year to March 3. And uh, it's, you know, it's a tiny deal, but it's a big deal, and it's a tiny deal, and it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most of all, I'm looking forward to going there as a participant, looking at whatever these other outsiders are making. Right. You know? That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. And one of the things that I would love for us to touch on, which I really love about you, is how much you embrace the weird and the wacky and the quirky. Ellen is nodding. A podcast is not a visual medium, unfortunately, but I wish y'all could see her face. But it's like you really turn towards that, and that's something I've always loved about you. Can you talk a little bit about what made you turn towards that instead of facing away? I think as many of us do. And... How did the Outer Cape help facilitate that turn for you? Great question. You have done your homework. <laughs> I see? try my best. Very you know? good. Um, well, the word quirky got put on me uh, by some, some inner quirk. Um, in 1999, 2000, mm. I was in a low point. It's not like when you go on spiritual searching you get only high points you oh, you so like true. go deep into the dark spot right. too hello shadows hello shadows <laughs> so i was in a dark time and i just like woke up one morning with uh like it seems like the messages come right first thing in the morning so pay attention to your morning messages mm-hmm. um woke up saying you know no one's going to make you happy but you mm-hmm. i mean one of the uh <sighs> you know, aspects of my journey that we don't need to go into is like how many wrong choices of love. Uh, so yeah. so the, the message was nobody out there is going to make me happy. Mm. You got to make yourself happy. And I, I just took a, a real deep inhale of that message and started to make these wacky things. And actually the very first thing I made, I took to my friend Jim Lachey, who many of your listeners will know, wonderful painter, um, and I was hanging out with him at the time, 
um, and I just showed it to him. It was this kind of waggy dog. It's a marionette. And he's, he looked at it for a long time, and he said, that is so ugly. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yes. And, you know, there's a parallel with this about embracing your queer, mm, embracing yeah. your quirky, embracing your weird, embracing your... Because um, I am not moved by slick art or really kind of, I'm just, I'm moved by authentic or by mm. um, nature, you know, how yeah. much more authentic can you get yeah, to so be true. moved by, you know, and talk about why here. Mm -hmm. we, we can go there after this. Yes. But, um, so I st I'd made 12 things. I mean, it, I didn't, and the why I say 12 is by April I had 12, and I looked at this stack of stuff that had totally taken me out of down to up. Mm. It just was, it's like I made my real family, you know? Wow. I made stuff that is just so ugly it's beautiful yeah. you know it's just right it's just my people yeah and I looked at them and I because they were so part of me I they were beings and I said so who are you and they said get out of the way we're a show we want to meet the people yes and, <laughs> and it became this thing called quirky circus mm, mm -hmm. that I performed for 12 years 12 seems to be in there 12's the number 12's the number um and they did all different things. They mostly they were silent. They just moved because I was fascinated by letting the material itself tell me what it wanted to do. Mm. So things moved on strings. Things moved by rods. Things moved by my hand. <clears throat> things sang. Things. I'm saying things, but they were so dear to me. So there's I can't you know. So when I moved into the art making, mm -hmm. and people have responded a lot to these puppets they say well why don't you sell you know come on that's make those sell the it's like right. are you kidding sell my family yes. no way right so uh but they did became a show and it was it was happy in the making mm. happy in the listening to them right happy in the mechanics because i love you know how do i do that and i you know my age you never took shop so right i, I have since Taken shop at Castle yes, Hill. Yes, there you. we go. Um, but it was really fun to fiddle with them yeah. and and say, "What do you do? What do you want to show me?" And mm -hmm. they all did. And so I had this show where it, it was a forty-minute show, and kids and parents came, and the parents brought their kids, and they were like, "Well, my kid wanted to see this, but wow, this is amazing!" And so it was a very tender, wonderful thing, and it was it was it fulfilled another purpose that I've always wanted, which is kind of sac secular theater, like mm. secular church, like mm. putting, making community out of silence in a public space that just dissolves people into their heart. Yeah, and there's that spirit and art circle there you again go. coming back. And you talk about the sense of letting them show you how they want to come across mm. or be performed or... Um, one of the things I'm really curious about, because I think you have a talent for this, is how do you find the ability to really let go and let them show you instead of it coming from you? Mm. Thank you so much for this opportunity 
to talk about that. Yeah. I do have the privilege of, since being born, you know, into my mother's practice of prayer and meditation. Mm. And having been taught from a very early age that God dwells within me as me, you know, mm. we're just part of God. Um, and so that uh, believing that there is an inner voice, believing that there is that small, quiet leading. Mm. And, you know, Quakers have this phrase of being led. It's a very, uh, it's, and it's a, it's a way of life, which I <laughs> so imperfectly do, but um, when you're listening, even this morning, I was like taking a shower and I, I turned on the water, so that I, I stepped into the bathtub and it was, and my foot went like, shoot. No. And because this uh, bath gel had drooled into mm. the bath, and it was like super slippery. It was right. like, holy moly. But I do credit Qigong. I, tr I credit, you know, I had done a meditation this morning. I credit like this staying in the presence of my own presence. Yeah that I caught myself, I went, oh, that's really slippery, I cleaned it up, and, you know, but I thought, whoa, this could have been, like, bye-bye. Right. And so the listening is on and off a lifelong practice. Mm -hmm. It's something that's accessible to anyone. I mean, I, I do say, you know, I had these resources early, but I believe that it's a practice like anything, and we can build those skills, those, those, there's so many kind of muscles that go into that listening, right. your own awareness of your body, your own awareness of your emotions, your own awareness of what's going on in your mind. You know, we, in our culture, we don't, we don't turn the mind onto the mind and go, oh, hello mind. What, it, what are you thinking? Yeah. And then have actually agency mm. in, oh, and what would you like to think? Yeah. You know, is there space for an intention? You know, which is partly listening, partly leading, partly leading your mind to quiet enough mm. to then be led outward with an impulse. Right. That's, you know, it's coming from somewhere that isn't TV. Right. <laughs> Hopefully. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hopefully it's not just TV in there. Right. But just the opportunity. I mean, this morning, I just thought, oh, wow, what if kids, all kids, could just do a half hour of Qigong every morning mm. in school, just to, just to know how they feel. Yeah. Just to know what this precious breath offers them in right. all aspects of themselves. Mm -hmm. And then to, it also like grows this humility about how you're spending your time. Yeah, and compassion for how you are spending time with others too. And I think, right, the other question here is how do we build a world together where we create the intentions 
of making space and creating access for, say, children to be able to have a daily practice universally. Um, and I think that goes into so many other paths and structural pieces that are set up. Um, and I do have a follow-up question for you. But, but I wait, that was kind of a question. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Because I do feel like here on the Lower Cape, mm-hmm. we have so many people who came here who knows with how many repairings and mm. reach redirectings. Right. Um, I mean, I think people either maybe come here by chance, but so many people come here intentionally. Right. And so many people even who come here by chance get to notice this community as pretty intentional. There's, you know, so much awareness of the gorgeous nature that we are blessed yeah. with and the preservation of that, the conservation of that, the all the decisions that we as a community make about that, mm-hmm. all the institutions that we've created on the Lower Cape that support intentional positivity and yeah. inclusivity. And, you know, we do it imperfectly, but I feel like it's a very unusual community, and we get that feedback when people visit, like, whoa, do you know what right. this is? There's something special here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to take a second to just reintroduce who you are and what we're talking about, if folks might be jumping in. Um, just want to say welcome to Seaside Storytime, y'all. This is a podcast where we dive into the stories of people living on the Cape, the magic that keeps us here, and the dynamic nature of the tides and towns. This voice that you're hearing is your host, Eden Allegretti. And today I'm talking with Ellen Anthony, who is truly just an incredible multidimensional creative who has deep roots in the Outer Cape. And we're talking a little bit about cultivating a practice where you're able to really let go and listen and what that looks like. And you did talk a little bit about Quirky Circus, and I really... (laughs) loved hearing about that because I did do my research, like you said, read a little bit about her online, but I um, would like to bring it back to what you said, what you mentioned about there being a correlation towards listening and creating that almost family with Quirky Circus and also turning towards your queerness. Can you touch on that a little bit? Sure. Well, the turning toward my queerness was back when I was way before even your age. So true. (laughs) Teenagehood. But, um, but there's, there's, you know, there's a courage and loneliness Mm. to turning toward whatever has rejected you. Mm So, uh, I... I think that has served me well to kind of always, always be fighting for what's true for me. Yeah. And I, you know, I meet, well, I I meet it all day. You know, am I being honest? Am I being, uh, is this this the right time to be, to be saying what I'm saying to someone? Is Mm. this loving? La da da da. Um, huge questions, but right? yeah, huge yeah. questions. Um, and you know, I'm very aware of my death death time. So mm-hmm. it's and that's a gift. I feel that's a big gift to me because I I don't 
I'm super, uh, for better or worse, efficient, efficiency, like very conscious of how I'm spending my time. Right. And, um, but then once I'm in the studio, so I have a, a studio practice from eight to one or eight to noon. Yeah. And, but then once I'm <clears throat> in there, that's all I request of myself is show up. Mm -hmm. um, then it's about <clears throat> what is calling. So it's it's a practice of listening. And I I can tell when I'm off. I can tell when I'm trying to make something. Right. You know, like snore. I mean, we just don't <laughs> need more stuff. We just don't need we don't need it's more so, art. We don't need more yeah. anything. Mm. We don't need or, need more noise. You know, some I've had the fantasy of just walking around with I'm in silence. I mean, I but I <laughs> I have too much in my fingers that wants to be made. Yeah. So um, but in that, in that sort of urgency, which is always a, kind of my, my energetic field is, I think, kind of uh, active, um, there's, okay, you're active, and what really needs to be coming out of this body and into the world? Because... Yeah, I mean, we all, I think, want to be useful. Want to want to be, want to be met with what we give does meet something. But we also need to trust because the the things that are most strong yeah. that I've made are things that I don't understand for a while. Mm, so right. you don't want to like make it, put it on Zoom or Instagram, and go. Do you like it? You know, I mean, oh, yikes! Yeah, right. Yikes, bad. Um, and <laughs> I certainly post plenty on Instagram. Right. So, so sometimes it's just a test, like, oh, is this? Um, but I would say that uh, the bet, the the truest, the most worth, the most. Uh, the things that have the deepest meaning for me are things that were out of the corner of my eye, you know, that um, that called in a very tiny voice. Yeah. So I don't know if that's answering no, that what you asked. No, that definitely did. And I think you hit on so many different things. But unfortunately, we are nearing the end of our time together, which we're going to need to have a part two because I have many more questions. Um, but this is something that you said in an article in The Independent called The Quirky and Quotable Ellen Anthony by Susanna Elizabeth Fulcher. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. Um, you're quoted by saying, it's been a very important guidepost for my life to know that I will die one day. All life's dances and swirling challenges are cyclical. I'm going to celebrate because I feel so proud to keep opening the boxes. And as a last question for you, because I love that quote, what boxes has the outer cape helped you open? Oh, so many. Um, so uh, I don't want to get fast here because there's little time, but I actually have a long list. Mm. Um, <clears throat> well, last summer I took a welding class at Castle Hill. Right. That's a new box. Um, at age, what was I, 68, I met my partner, Marty. 
Yes, that's, Marty, that's, shout out. <laughs> that's a late box, but I want to, like, you know, if there are many purposes to this interview, I want to shout out Later Love. Yes, you know? there we go. And, uh, and I would say the tempo of the waves and the, you know, the constant... Here we today we have sixty mile an hour winds, which I said on the way out of the parking lot. This is nothing, Eden. Right, we get way more <laughs> than this. So you know we are on shifting sands, and that impermanence, that mm-hmm. reminder of everything changing all the time, everything changing all the time, yeah. and embrace the breath that comes in and the breath that goes out, because one will be the last one. So yeah. do not be lingering. Mm. You know, there's so much to embrace here. Yeah. And that is, I think, the perfect place for us to take a breath and pause together. Ellen, thank you so much for the past um, 28 minutes together here. That was a beautiful conversation. And I'm wishing you all the best as you continue on your celebratory second stage of life here. Thank you so much for sitting down with me this morning. Thank you, Eden. This was a wonderful opportunity. And thanks for all listening in. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. (laughs) 